Welcome to Richards. Welcome to Richards Radio. Gun Norman, stop grabbing my ass. Welcome to Richards Radio Adventures, and now your host, Richard KB5JBV. Gun Norman, you are such a pervert. He grabbed my ass in the HR office last week. Mine too. Radio Adventures. My name is Richard KB5JBZ, and uh, we're going to talk a little while this time for something uh, on something some completely different. Uh, I know y'all are tired of hearing about the epic struggle with the MDUV380. <laughs> However, at this point, we seem to have enough information to put a whole episode together about that. So, uh, y'all can look forward to that. We're not going to do it this time, though. I was reminiscing a bit. I've been listening to the old episodes of Resonant Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, and gathering up information on shows that we can do when we relaunch after we hit episode 54. Uh, Another thing we'll be looking forward to is the fact that we're going to accelerate the release of those episodes, the uh, archived episodes, to try and get us back in business and more current at this time. So, y'all can uh, look forward to that. We uh, are also trying to find some, um, there's got to be some other podcasters out there uh, we are looking for links to be added, a link exchange, a mention on your show. If you contact me, please, please do so. Because, uh, yeah, RRA is a little different. It's kind of me riffing on amateur radio. But if you'll go listen to some of the older episodes, which haven't been posted yet, but they will be pretty soon of Resonant Frequency the Amateur Radio Podcast, you know that we are more about Elmering the new guys and trying to get them up to speed, uh, get get them going in the hobby. As I've said before, when the uh, Codeless Technician License came in, we had such an influx of operators that it was very difficult for us to keep up. And... Uh, you know, get those guys up to speed because a lot of them came in, they had no idea what was going on, and I find that more and more when I read forums and questions on Facebook and stuff like that, I see that that's still an issue, and we will be turning our attention to that. Now, where this show is concerned, Like I said, it's me kind of riffing on what's going on in my amateur radio experience. And I know I've uh, spent an undue amount of time on ragging on people and that kind of stuff. We're going to try and uh, dial it on in. So at this point, I kind of want to, well, there was something else I wanted to talk about first, but uh, if I remember it, I'll, I'll get back to it. Um, we spent a lot of time ragging on the way amateur radio is here. Now, please understand, I was off the air for almost 10 years, uh, about eight years. When I got off the radio... D-Star was the thing, and 
you know, we always had the problem with the, quote, silence of the hams because we're always trying to find new ways to get away from each other instead of pulling together as a cohesive group. Well, I come back and I find that there's Echolink is still in business. D-Star is still in business. Uh, DMR has uh, raised its head. Um, there are a lot of guys down there on HF still. And unfortunately, I can't hear what they're talking about because right now I'm in a very compromised position here in, in uh, Terrell, Texas. Uh, because I can't get an HF antenna up because of uh, the apartment complex that I live in. However, you can't beat the rent, so we'll just have to work with that. So, let me move on to kind of what I've been going through this past week. Uh, like I said... Like I said, we uh, have been fighting through that MD380 issue, and I'm not going to continue on that. I just want to say that I've gotten new information. We do have enough information now to actually do a full episode on that. And you can look forward to that or dread it with the gritted teeth, whichever you prefer. However, um, it has helped me move along. And we will try and get that information out so that the new guys who are having the same issues I was having, walking into DMR, having never dealt with it, um, possibly it will help them out. So, one of the things I find is that amateur radio operators, and please understand, we need to put this in the framework of COVID-19. Now, because of COVID-19, we can't get next to each other, smell of each other. Uh, we have to walk around with masks. We have to coat ourselves down with uh, antibacterials, you know, all that stuff. Keep ourselves in the house. Been very boring, and the reason things keep jumping up every time we have a holiday is people are tired of that crap. The ARRL this year did something they've never done, at least since I've been licensed before, which is they had allowed separate, separate stations to operate four different clubs at their home locations and were able to count or allowed the counting of that, of those contacts as field day contacts. This is unheard of. I have never heard of I've never seen it happen before. So one of the other things is that people aren't attending club meetings. They are attending nets over the air. I have heard a couple of clubs actually do their club meetings over the air and that kind of stuff. Please understand we yeah, I'm I'm not insensitive to the fact that we are dealing with a public health crisis. I don't understand why it is that the Dallas Amateur Radio Club has to be jerks about it because I asked a question about Hamcom when they said that there would not be a Hamcom this year, which is our ARRL convention here locally. And the response I got was, well, maybe you ought to try getting on there. Well, I'm on there. I'm on there best I can. I got a VHF UHF rig here. I've got uh, a couple of DMR radios and a D-Star radio and some hotspots. And that's the best I can do from my location. So, uh, all you guys over DRC, bite my ass. Plain and simple. Bite my ass. So we attempted to try and put a club together out here in Kaufman County a few months ago. 
And unfortunately, because of not being able to meet face-to-face, we have had a lot of individuals kind of drop off. I'm sure once we get this thing going again, when things clear up, uh, COVID in particular, that we will be able to create a thriving club out here in this county and possibly get some things going. Now, please understand that that combined with the huge culture shock that I suffered when I first got back on the air, uh, I guess it's been about six months ago now, six, seven months ago, um, it's difficult to find a direction. I find that the AWRL does not want you to be an air station unless you want to go ahead and take a bunch of classes over at the webs over at the AWRL website, over at the um, FEMA website, and that kind of stuff. Which, in my case, when they first introduced the amateur radio, what is it? Amateur radio emergency communication courses uh, several years back. I took all three, and I paid good money to take those courses. And that, topped with the fact that I took the FEMA courses that they outlined back at that time, I am still not eligible to be an ARIES member. Now, I am eligible to be a RACES member in the city that I formerly lived in. Unfortunately, that, I mean, all they have to do is reactivate me, um, mark me as active. And then I have to turn in some pictures and stuff like that to the city. But that's 20 miles away. And I'm not likely to be available in a hurry if something goes bad out there. I live in Kaufman County. I'm 20 miles away. So that's an issue as well. Uh, where the current section managers, assistant section managers, and all these people, I've never heard of these guys before. Never met them, never shook their hand, never talked to them on the radio. Therefore, they don't understand that uh, I have been an assistant section manager under three different section managers. I've run two different variations of the North Texas Speakers Bureau. One is the NTSA, North Texas Speakers Association. The other was the Texas Amateur Radio Speakers Association. Uh, I have been president of a club, a uh, local club, two years. Um, I have given uh, testing. I have been a VE. I have been, uh, uh, what is it? Crap. Emergency coordinator for the county I currently live in back when I lived here before. Um, there's a whole list of stuff. If y'all really want to find out what I'm talking about, go over to the website and look at the brag tape. It's all there. On top of that, I have been responsible for the genesis of two different amateur radio, uh, two different amateur radio podcasts. I have assisted in the genesis of uh, probably a half a dozen more. I was well known in the Linux podcast community and even the paranormal podcast community, uh, which happens to be the third podcast that I was the genesis of, which was short-lived because I couldn't get my damn co-host to show up. Now... I've done a lot of stuff. I've taught classes. I've, I've, I've given tests. I've helped people get in the hobby. We spent uh, uh, 54 episodes of Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast, trying to Elmer people where batteries were concerned, antennas were concerned, uh, different things they needed to do or take care of. Uh, we had interviews with people, all this other stuff. However, I am forgotten. Except in the case of at least one gentleman who I spoke to not too long ago. Uh, I was attempting to get some of these guys to uh, add me a link on their websites. And it turns out that a gentleman over at... Uh, yeah, let me look. Gentlemen over at, 
I can't remember. Let me talk while I'm looking. Oh, here we go. Uh, George. Let's see if I, we can get it open so we can take a look at it. Uh, George, over at the uh, Ham Radio Workbench podcast. Turns out that, uh, oh my God, he remembers me. Uh, that he has listened to some of the shows before and that kind of stuff. Uh, that would be George, KJ6VU. Hi, George, if you're listening. And over at the Ham Radio Workbench podcast. Okay. Uh, Homebrewing never was my thing. These guys apparently have it going on. And there were others like Solder Smoke, who also did primarily stuff concerning um, homebrewing. So, not only coming back into this, the people that I knew over in Dallas County, the people that I knew over in Kaufman County, the people who knew me from the podcast, which is gradually growing since we are have reissued or are in the process of reissuing the original run of Resonant Frequency and have plans to expand upon that when we get to the point that we need to. Unfortunately, I hope we don't end up too dated when we do that. They are starting to remember us. You know, all I was asking for was a, a link on a website. A little, uh, hey, Rich is back in minutes. But. Then I get to looking, like I said, culture shock. And it, this past week, I've gone and looked at the question pool for the... Um, technician class license, general class license, extra class license. And oh my God, I have never laughed so hard. I am looking at these question pools. And please understand that I'm judging from the times at which I have taken the various tests. And remember that I came in as a coded novice, novice level. And that one, you pretty much needed to be able to receive five words a minute code, and you had to know what a triode tube was for the most part. But I get to looking at the tech class license today. Now, let me back up a minute. As I have said before, uh, I was a member of the Dallas Amateur Radio Club. In North Texas, Dallas Amateur Radio Club in the past, uh, I haven't checked into it recently, but in the past, tended to be the place where the majority of the AWRL League officials in North Texas section uh, were members. I have more than once sat in ragged with a former president of the ARRL. His name was Jim Haney. His call sign and mine were very close to each other, so people uh, mistook us for, me, for each other uh, a lot. And even went to police academy with his stepson. And Jim and I spent a lot of time talking about radio the state of amateur radio, the future of amateur radio, stuff like that. And when the technician class, codeless technician class license first came in, I was a hater. Sorry guys, I was a hater. Because it didn't make sense to me that I had to work so hard to get my license. And all these guys had to do was go take a test. Multiple choice test. Now, my opinion has changed over the years. It changed rather quickly after I seen the caliber of the operators that were coming in under the codeless tech license. And quite honestly, it probably saved the, uh, saved the amateur radio service at that point. And I figured that it was probably best for me to devote my time to elmering as many 
people as possible. That's one of the reasons that we started Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast. And later started uh, Linux in the Ham Shack with Russ, uh, uh, Russ Woodman, K5TUX, up in Missouri. Uh, they still have a show in progress up there. Y'all go check it out. LHSpodcast.info. Y'all go up there and uh, check it out. You know, Russ is a really bright fella. And he's come a long way since then I first hooked up. So, I'm looking at the question pool, and I'm seeing stuff on there that, oh my God, my wife, who absolutely hates the amateur radio thing, could probably take that that test and pass it. I was talking about uh, Jim Haney earlier. When he and I first discussed the... Codeless tech license coming in. He and I got to talking. He says, look, I've been an extra class for years and years. And quite honestly, there's a lot of stuff on that codeless technician license that I couldn't answer. Because it has to do with uh, newer things, um, different circuits, that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And I immediately went and found a copy of that question pool and started to go through it. It had questions about MMICs and other advanced electronic stuff that I had never actually heard of. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a stranger to electronics. Uh, when I was a kid, my father used to buy me crystal radio sets from Radio Shack. Uh, I had... A lot of those uh, electronics project kits, 30-in-1, 120-in-1 kits from the same place. I had a shortwave receiver when I was 10 or 12 years old. Um, I got on that band by the time I was 15. Um, and up to the time I got my radio license, I was still on that particular band, but I was running uh, amateur radio quality wire antennas on that particular band i got into the, i got in i got my hand held i spent about a year or so uh doing most of my communications via that decided to expand uh, what i was doing got into packet radio amtor uh, a lot of you guys are going to go what amtor and well amtor was one of the predecessors of Pactor, if y'all are familiar with that uh, found myself on Pactor packet uh, ran packet BBSs. Uh, my father and I were Winlink nodes here in North Texas for NTS and uh, other services. Yeah, I've had a, I've done a lot of stuff. It sure seems like a lot of stuff. And on top of that, being assistant section manager three times under three different section managers. Um, being the president of one of the local clubs, which at the time, uh, next to the Dallas Amateur Radio Club, we had the bit one, not, I'm not going to say we had the second biggest membership, but we had uh, a huge membership for a club in a, a city our size. Um... Like I said, I've given tests, I've given classes, all this other stuff. So, I get back to this new question poll. I'm going down through there, and I see a question here and there that, okay, they used to be on the extra class question pool. However simple they were, having to do with ground station, what a ground station is, what a satellite station is, that kind of stuff. And then I go down through there and I get to looking and I'm like, oh my God, there's questions in there about which thing in this diagram is a transistor. Which thing in this diagram is a resistor? Oh God. And I keep going. My 
wife, my grandmother, could pass this test. So, let us progress all the way to the extra class. The extra class test, or at least the question pool, I see questions on there that I answered on my novice exam. And, I mean, simple stuff. And even backing up to the technician test, if you don't know what E over IR is, then, dude, you need to hit the books. If you don't know that uh, the frequency, radio frequency, wait a minute, the wavelength of a radio signal becomes shorter at higher frequencies and becomes longer at lower frequencies, dude, hit the books. Plain and simple. Now, trust me. If you guys get licensed, I don't care how bad the question pool is, how simple, simplified the technician test is. If you want to learn, I will Elmer you. And for those of you who already have your higher level licenses, I challenge you tell them or them because that's what we're about we don't propagate the hobby by running people off we take them in we teach them the way we show them the way it's up to them to do everything after that so please understand I have been kind of gruff since we restarted this podcast. Because it really was never supposed to be more than what's going on in my radio experience. However, it's been eight years thereabouts. Since I was put in a position where I had to kind of give up amateur radio so that I could make a living. So I could pay my bills. And I went to work in a car shop. And the car shop took a huge amount of my time. And I'm not doing that anymore. So I have more time to get back and help you guys progress in the radio radio service. Now, it may be a hobby everywhere else, but at Resonant Frequency and Richard Radio Adventures, it's the amateur radio service because when you call it a hobby, you diminish what it really is. So, I think I've ranted enough about that. Y'all probably getting tired of hearing me rant. We're going to try. We're going to do our best. To start bringing some shows with a little more content to them. We are ramping our way back up. Now, I understand, I believe this Friday, episode 17 of the original series of Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast, will be coming out. And uh, I think we've already gotten... No, It'll be a while. We do have a battery series further down the line. I'm sorry, y'all. I've been listening to the uh, old, uh, the archives. And where I'm I'm at right now is episode 43. I know there is a battery, uh, a series of battery episodes. Uh, there are some antenna episodes and other things. And I want y'all to please at least try and go listen to those. There is a lot of, I feel, good information in there and have been told in the past there's good information in there. There are several feedback episodes where I got pertinent questions from amateur radio operators and we did our best to answer them. And if we couldn't, we answered them in a episode further up the line. 
but as it stands right now at the moment I don't have any encumbrances due to the wife's illness myself being laid off from my job for months now even though I'm trying to get uh, something rolling so we can get some cash coming in so the uh, one of the other things I want to discuss with y'all now is that part of this MD380 uh, thing that we've been having to deal with around here I have found a couple of amateur radio operators that I have invited to come on as consultants to the show. Now, <clears throat> getting them to come on as consultants doesn't mean that you're likely to hear them on the episodes. But I do know that uh, we will have them... If they decide to help us out, because unlike the other podcasts that are going on right now, we're not about making money. Okay. We're not here to make money. This is kind of a labor of love for us. And we want all our friends, all our brothers and sisters in the amateur radio service. To have the maximum amount of information they can use moving forward to make their amateur radio experience beneficial to them, not only that, but to allow them to also help the amateur radio service achieve its goals, which we are basically here for public service, y'all. Not just so we can get on the uh, on the radio and chat with each other, which is a whole different episode. Cause yeah, hundreds of channels on DMR, but you can rarely get a get a conversation going. And I am desperately trying to find the information here. Oh, there he is. Uh, the gentleman we were talking about that I would like to have help us as consultant. One's name is Ron, and I don't have his call sign immediately in front of me. Ah, there it is. Alpha Echo 5 Echo. Alpha Echo 5 Echo Ron, who has assisted us a great deal with this uh, DMR situation. And we also have, if I can get that to come up, we also have, eh, well, I closed it, but we'll get there in a second. But I do want to get these guys on, and if any of you have a particular expertise, it doesn't have to be DMR. The main reason we're focusing on DMR is because, like I said, I am confined to an, or operating out of an area here that uh, is not conducive to the stringing of wires, putting up antennas, and that kind of stuff. And we are definitely trying to get folks on here that are knowledgeable about these things since I've been out of the loop for a while that can help us get up to speed on this. Okay, the other guy is... Uh, Derwin Brown. Derwin Brown, I do not have up. It'll take me a second. Y'all, you know, ain't nothing perfect about these shows because we have to kind of kind of play it by ear, get things going as we can, and try and find the information. You know, quite honestly, I should have had all this stuff up, but for some reason, my wonderful, wonderful... Windows computer. You know, all you guys that run Windows and think it's the greatest thing that ever happened, y'all really need to try something else. And we may talk about that in the future. But, uh, oh crap. Well, you showed up all ago. Let's try it again. Um, for all you guys that think Windows is the be-all and the end-all, y'all really need to try something else. Because 
it is crap. Okay. So, Derwin, Derwin Brown, over in Georgia. KE4QDC, we are all also trying to get him to come on as a consultant. Uh, he appears to have a little experience with DMR. And quite honestly, looking at the uh, station he's got for HF, I bet he's not too shabby there either. Understand, this stuff is new to me. So, oh man, there was something else I want to talk to y'all about and can't remember what it was. We're, uh, oh Lord, what was it? We talked about how big of a joke the current licensing tests are. Uh, we have talked about um, the assholes over at the ARC. Uh, we have talked about Linux in the ham shack. And what else, what else could we possibly discuss on this particular episode? Because I really don't want to cut it off this quick. Because I want y'all to be as bored as shit. Bored as shit when you get finished listening to it. If that makes any sense. Anyway. Uh, we were talking about ARRL. We were talking about races. We were talking about, uh, oh yeah, Saturn. The Salvation Army Team Emergency Radio Network. I even contacted them over the last week. I got thinking to myself, you know what? I got a name tag in there as net coordinator for Saturn. And I haven't talked to the people at Saturn in some time. So I decided to send, uh, send a message to Major Pat. Hadn't talked to him in years. I'm like, Pat, am I still good in the database? Well... Yes and no. I go, what is, I'm thinking, what does that mean? And he tells me, well, you're good in the old database. However, we have a new database. And the new database has this and blah and so. And I would like for you to sign up, but you need to do this and this and this. Okay. Here's why I ran a little bit. <laughs> I already did that about the code, about the uh, question pool. Um, the ARRL, the Salvation Army Team Emergency Radio Network, the Red Cross, and so many others have gotten to the point that they feel that we are employees. Now, don't get me wrong. I am an MCOM guy. Former races, uh, assistant races officer, City of Mesquite. Former races, net control station for Mesquite races and Dallas races, even though that stint didn't last very long because, you know, they like to be in control over there. Um, Saturn, Aries, National Traffic System. Um, I have moved more than one piece of traffic over there. Ask anybody that's got a brown a brass pounder medallion how much traffic you need to move. Uh, frequent um, liaison to 7290, Texas Traffic Net, that kind of stuff. Um, among my friends, I don't know very many individuals that have been up close and personal, meaning less than a mile from an F3 or bigger tornado. Yes, sir, that's me. Uh, there's an episode over on radio, um, uh, shoot, resonant frequency, where I talk about, uh, you know, when I first became a Racy's member, they tell you don't. Punch the core. I was a core puncher. I would sit there and make my observations until the storm had passed, and then I would drive through the core to get to the other side of it so I could give more observations, let them know what was going on. 
mostly because by the time that kind of thing happened, I was out in a sparsely, popula sparsely populated county. Uh, when I say sparsely populated, uh, had a bunch of hams that really weren't interested in that kind of stuff and would give reports on the storm again. Uh, furthest I've ever done that was about 100 miles. Uh, I lived in the city of Mesquite, Texas, and this is where you whip your maps out, kid, kids. I lived in Mesquite, Texas. I was a member of uh, Mesquite Races, and then on a different occasion, I was a uh, member, net control, and spotter for uh, Kaufman County Races when they had a races unit out here. Um, and the furthest I've gone chasing storms is... Uh, Canton, Longview, Longview, Texas. <coughs> Sorry. Longview, Texas. Athens, Texas. Waxahachie, Texas. And um, I don't ever recall running too far north or west. I did sit on a bridge one night and watch, the, watch a tornado tear up the city of Lancaster, Texas. Uh, you ought to be able to look that one up because it uh, it was really big in the news. Uh, were the recent storms in Dallas, Texas? I wasn't involved in that. Um, we had one storm run down through the city of Ferris, Texas. Or not Ferris. Uh, Seagaville, Texas. Down in the river bottoms just off to the... Uh, uh, south of there and we could hear it it sounded like a locomotive and we were in the middle of a rain core where you could not see three feet past your car parked under an awning at a funeral home and the light the power lines bumping together in green flashes we could hear the storm as it ran down the river bottom or the uh, funnel as it went down the river bottom. And last but not least, the Great Forney Tornado. Check out the Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast for information on that one. And that one, I came up a hill and around a curve, and there it was. I went and checked the high school to make sure they hadn't uh, suffered any damage or lost electricity, and then I had to go to work at Brookshire's in the meat market. Uh, Brookshire's is a grocery store. For those of y'all who are not from this part of the country. So, they're making it so difficult for people to be involved in public service. And public service is such a big reason, a big part of the reason that we exist as an amateur radio service that it appears that they may be having to thin us out so they can sell our frequencies off. It's just a thought. It wouldn't be the first time we've lost frequencies to before to commercial interests. I understand that right now uh, somebody's after the 3.5 band, 3.5 gigahertz band. We did lose a chunk of 220. Bill Gates was after our 440 band for a while. And, you know, the threat is there. Quite honestly, things started going to hell when Betty Ford decided she wanted a CB radio in her limo. That's when we lost 11 meters. Well, sort of lost 11 meters. It was not, at that time, it wasn't officially an amateur radio band, but it was a separate service in the, uh, in, under the FCC umbrella, and you did have to be licensed. I remember we, uh, my cousin and I walked into a radio shack over at the Forum 303 shopping center or mall in Arlington, Texas, and he purchased himself, no, well, no, he got a CB for Christmas. He went in there because he had to go there to file for his citizen band license. I don't even know if he even remembered what his call sign was. I remember mine, KQV 6985. 
So there you go. That takes us to that band we don't talk about. So, I've sat here and rambled. Uh, I've rambled on a few things. Uh, look forward, or look forward with dread, to the full-length MDUV 380 episode. Uh, that's going to get us back on back on target. Please understand that a lot of this this ranting and stuff I do is simply because of the culture shock over how much the amateur radio service has changed in the last eight years. I don't remember it changed. Now, and I've been licensed, I guess it was 30 years, two years ago. So 32 years. I'm not an old guy. Well, I'm kind of old. But I was 30... I was 28 years old when I got licensed. I'm not as old as some of the guys. And in the time from the time I was licensed to the first time I got off the air, which was about 10 years, there wasn't as much change as I've seen since I came back. In the second time, once I got back on the air, I was back on the air about five years, six years. And then we started the podcast. And I was still involved in amateur radio and that kind of stuff. But not as heavily as I had been before. I did not see that much change happen then. Some things have remained constant. Uh, some clubs are very, uh, we're in charge, and just because you're a member, it doesn't matter. Some are very, you are the members, and that you're all that matter. But the fact that we tend to get off these local frequencies and join together as a community and that kind of stuff, it really disturbs me. And now that I've gotten back on the air, please understand I am limited because of my operating location, position, situation. Uh, I'm lucky if I can hit a repeater that's 20 miles away. I do have three hotspots and two DMR radios and a D-Star radio, but I have difficulty finding continuous constant conversations, and quite honestly, the guys I talk to most often, one of them's in Terrell, or uh, Tyler, Texas. One of them's in Corsicana, Texas. Uh, one of them is in oh, uh, Cliff W5PIX. He does live out in the Fort Worth area, but he spends most of his time driving a truck up and down I-45 and a couple of others. None of them in Cobham County. I can't drive over to any of them's house. They can't meet me for a cup of coffee nowhere. So we're going to try and dial this show in. Try and get y'all more information on pertinent situations. This show will never be Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. But I think we can get a lot closer and provide y'all with a lot more useful information. So with that, I think we've just about skewed as much as we can. I'm sorry about the background noise. If it's still there, I'm going to try and clear it out. Because I can't get the doggone air conditioner to quit blowing. If, uh... Anyway, if it's still there, I'm sorry about that. So, with that, I think I've probably run my head as long as I can. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and send y'all on down the road and we will try to find, try to find something more useful and less bitchy our next time around by the way I almost forgot before I before I close this one down DRC kiss my ass alright y'all have a good evening good day good week take care of your families we'll see y'all next time we gotta go